help me out preaching the message. Say one more time, say miracles. miracles. The miracles of Christmas. A miracle. Something that's unbelievable to the, from the human aspect. Something that, we, something that if God doesn't show up, it's not going to happen. And there are certain miracles that are centered around the Christmas story that are absolutely incredible. And we're going to unpack them over the next four weeks. But again, a miracle, it's unbelievable. And on a side note, can I share something else that's unbelievable about the Christmas story? How many here, by show of hands, and it's going to be most of you, so I want to see your hand. How many here, you've seen the movie Elf? We've got a picture of it. you seen the movie? Come on, come on, you're in church, be honest. All right, all right. So, so here's something un- unbelievable. Elf, the movie, is celebrating their 20-year anniversary this year. I mean, does that make you feel old like it makes me feel old? And if that doesn't make you feel old, you know, you know the movie A Christmas Vacation? Well, that movie's like 77 years old. That's how old you are. Jeez, two foot in the ground. I mean, it's actually that came out in 1989, um, A Christmas Vacation. I was sitting with Sarah, our worship leader, and the team. We were talking about it Friday. And Sarah's like, 89? That's the year I was born. And I was like, shut up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm kidding. We don't care. Okay. Christmas is a wonderful time of year, but Christmas is a messy time of year. See, we like to get pretty real. I love, I love what we're celebrating today and this, this month. I love it. But I also know this. The story that I read in the Word of God and the story that you're going to hear today, it's a mess. Like, it is muddy. It is murky. And for some reason with me, that gives me, like, hope. Because my life can be a mess, and maybe yours can too. And when I know that the story itself on the pages in the Bible were messy, and my life is messy. See, even think about where you're at right now. For some of you, just reflect on your life. Is it going like you had planned when you were growing up? Is there, like for some, you, may, you might be thinking right now, I should, have been, I should be married by now. Or, or I should not be divorced by now. Or I should have kids by now. Or how about this one? My kids should be listening better by now. When does that happen? Heaven? Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. So, um, yes. So, but, but maybe school didn't go as planned. Maybe you're not in the job that you envisioned. Here's what I know about you and what I know about me. We would have never written our story the way it's being written. Would you? You wouldn't. Even if you're in a good place, you would have never written it the way it's been written. Neither would have Mary, the mother of Jesus. Neither would have Joseph, the carpenter, stepdad in the, in the equation. They would have never written the story the way. It was, it was so messy. But again, that should give you hope. And that should encourage you. I want to share with you the story of Mary and Joseph in the word of God. I'm preaching out of a gospel called Luke. Dr. Luke, he was a doctor. He wrote it. And he noted details that the other gospel writers didn't know. That's why they all work so cohesively and beautifully together. But in Luke 1.26, if you brought your Bible, I love when you bring your Bible, go here. The Lord's going to speak to you. And if you didn't, we'll put it up on the screen. But I love when you got the Word of God right in your hands. So in Luke 1.26, this is how it begins. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, pause, Elizabeth is a cousin to Mary. She's been pregnant, like it says, for six months. Um, That's a miracle. She's really old, but she was pregnant by the power of God's hand on her. And she's pregnant with John the Baptist. So just to give you context. 
When she, in her six months of pregnancy, God sends an angel named Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. Mary was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Since Jewish girls understand this, since Jewish girls married young, scholars believe that Mary would have been a teenager at this moment. Now pause for all the teenage girls out there. This was a culture thing way back then. And maybe I say this because I have an 18-year-old daughter. I don't know. But that's not the culture today. I mean, it's normal for girls not to date until they're 30, 40, 50, sometimes never years old. So we got to put that in there just because I felt like the Lord wanted me to say that. So verse 28, Gabriel appears to Mary, the virgin, and says, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Okay. An angel showed up, and he's talking to Mary. Confused and disturbed, and you would be too, and so would I. Mary wondered. Mary tried to think about what the angel could mean. Mary is shocked. She, she, did she, this isn't how she wrote the story. An angel's going to show up and talk to you in your closet. No, no. It doesn't say Mary's, it, it, she is shocked. It doesn't say Mary, this is what Mary expected. Hey, Gabriel, it's about time you get here. I've got the coffee on. I thought we'd have a conversation. Ooh, nice halo. That's really shiny. Did you get a new? I mean, this is not her plan. None of it. She didn't write it this way. Gabriel says, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You're going to conceive and give birth to a son. You're going to name him Jesus. He's going to be very great. He'll be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him a throne of his ancestor David. And Mary, check this out. He's going to reign over Israel forever. And his kingdom, it will never end. It will never end. Mary, her response is so just true. She's like, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Can we agree that's a legitimate question? I mean, it is. Like, I'm not tracking. She didn't say she didn't believe it. She just don't understand how. I've heard it said one way that, that she, didn't, she didn't question the promise, but she didn't understand the process. And that might be where some of you are today. God, like, God told me this. God showed me this. But I tell you what, I'm not seeing it. I'm not feeling it. I, I, I'm not tracking on it right now. That's where she was. She's like, I'm a virgin. And the angel tried to give Mary some clarity around that. And the angel says, Mary... The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. <laughs> Mary's like, oh, sure, okay. Well, thanks for the clarification, Gabriel. The, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow me, and then it's all just going to happen. Anything else you want to share, Gabriel? Are you sure there's not twins in the equation? I mean, what's better than one son of God? Two sons of God, right? I mean, have you ever, I wrote it down, have you ever had to trust God and his word when it didn't make sense? You hear something get taught on a weekend message. You hear something in a life group. You're like, I don't, I'm not tracking with that, but it's God's word. It's got to be true. I'm having a hard time trusting that. Like God, God, if God, if you're in this right now, I don't get it. I, uh, before I got called into full-time ministry, I was uh, working, uh, my wife Jody and I met in a corporate setting in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I worked there, she, we both worked there many years. 
16 years into the job, a job that was good to me, a job where I worked up the ranks, a job that kept me on through two stints in 30-day treatment drug rehab. They kept me on. They were good. 16 years in, I get saved at a church, just kind of like the church you're sitting in right now. I, I, I'm compelled to start doing something. I start serving in the kids' ministry. Three years into it, they say, hey, we want you to consider coming to work for the church. And I'm like, I didn't know people really work for the church. I really didn't get it. And if they do, what do they do? Just kind of sit around and sing kumbaya? I mean, I don't know what they do. You know, it's like, I'm like, so they start talking about kids' ministry and how I'd oversee a piece of that. And I'm like, but it didn't make sense at all. Like, if God is saying that, I didn't get it. And I'm talking to Jody about it, and we're praying about it, having conversations, practical conversations, like, like, because you got to ask, like, what, well, how much are you going to get paid? And I'm like, I don't know, probably going to be less than I'm making now. I've been with the job 16 years. Okay, well, what about vacation? Well, probably start over, maybe how four days instead of four weeks. Hmm. What about benefits? No, no, I don't remember them talking. I mean, eternal rewards, Jody. We're going to have kingdom rewards, I can tell you that. But, but dental? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's included. How about hours? Hours. Let's see. I'm pretty sure it's a weekend gig, so we'll have to arrange everything differently around that. And 40 hours, that's probably not going to happen anymore a week. It's going to be more than that. I'm sure Jody was like, okay, let's keep praying, sweetie. I mean, let's just keep seeking the Lord. You know, it didn't make sense on paper. What Gabriel was telling Mary didn't make sense. And it's like Gabriel knew it. It's like she's like still confused and disturbed. The Holy Spirit overshadowing her. That didn't, that didn't answer it. So listen to what God does. God will... As you seek him, he'll give you little nuggets. He'll give you little assurances that, that, that he has you. Listen to this. The, the, the angel says to Mary, Mary, you know what? You know your relative Elizabeth. You, you know her. You guys are good friends, cousins. She's become pregnant in her old age. In that age, it's not going to happen just without God's in, in, the, in the fold. She's pregnant, Mary. People used to say she was barren, she couldn't have kids, but she conceived a son and is now in her sixth month of pregnancy. It's like he's saying, it's going to be okay. What I'm telling you is you can believe it because of what I did over there. And then he closes, the last thing Gabriel says, don't miss it, the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. Luke 1.37, God accomplishes his purposes through the power of his word. Look at Mary's story. It's right there for it. I mean, and people, but people will say, I don't know God's purposes. And yeah, I want God to speak to me, but, but I don't know what God's asking me to do or what God's asking me to believe and I'll say to them, well, if, if his power is in the word, if the word of God will never fail, I'll say, get into the word of God, right? 10 minutes a day, we all say it at church, 10 minutes a day for the rest of your days will change your days. Well, I don't, I, I, I don't know, I'm just, I want God to speak out loud like Gabriel did to Mary. And then I normally say, if you want God to speak out loud audibly, read the Bible out loud. I mean, I'm here to help, right? So do that. You'll hear them loud and clear. So, but that's the key. Mary responds to what Gabriel said about the word of God. Mary said, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then Gabriel leaves. Mary's response to Gabriel's, at the end of the day, it took a while for her to get there. But she says, I'm a willing servant. I will submit. I will surrender to God's will. And it's a game changer. She believed the word of God. 
Mary believed the word of God, and, and because she believed the God, word of God, she could be used by the spirit of God to live out the will of God. So what I need someone to know is this. How did I put it? You don't have to completely get it to do it. You don't have to completely get it to do it. If God saw you to it, you can trust he'll see you through it. Even when, especially when it doesn't make sense. And some of you, that's the exact season you're in. I don't understand. You don't need to understand everything. You just need to trust. I'm not talking about blind faith. It's faith is involved, but you don't, it's not blind. We have the word of God right before us. It is right there. Oh, and don't miss this. It doesn't mean it was easy for Mary. It doesn't mean it was comfortable. This is where I think, oh, lean into this. This is where I think we, we, we miss it. We tend to think, okay, Mary submits to Gabriel and to God. She says, I'm a willing servant, Lord. Ah, just have your way, do your thing. And, 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 and doubt's never going to creep into the equation. And fear's never going to creep, creep into the equation. And worry's never going to creep in. Wrong, wrong, and wrong. See, if, if you're expecting like this, this, I mean, should you have some peace? Sure. But if, if you're expecting like this, this inner like 100%, I'm so at peace with God because I surrendered to his will. I am so tranquil right now. I am so blissed right now. I'm sorry. It, it, here's how I can tell you that Mary didn't have that in her all the way. I know she didn't. The reason I can tell you that doubt creeped in and fear creeped in is because her very next step would be a conversation with her fiance, explaining to him that I'm going to have a baby and your participation isn't required. Okay? <laughs> How is that going to go down? There, Mary, is, there's some anxiousness. I promise you. Don't believe the lie. Well, once I'm walking with God, then there's just going to be, I'm just going to feel, I'm just going to, you ain't going to feel it. Your feelings will lead you astray. You just got to trust it. If God said it, he'll do it. But, but just because, oh, it doesn't feel right, well, God must not know. God, if your life's uncomfortable, you're probably in the will of God. I mean, honestly. Or you're just be, being stupid. One of the two. I don't know which. Just, it's going to be one of those, I promise you. So, and, I, and I'll tell you this, Joseph wasn't having it. Mary's next conversation about Joseph not being needed, Joseph didn't take kindly to it. He didn't because, because he's going to dump her. I don't know if you knew that was in the word of God, but he is. He's looking for a way to get out of it. And honestly, guys, you would too. And so would I. The Holy Spirit's going, okay, whatever. So I'll show it to you. We're going to transition from Luke 1, Mary's little story, to Matthew 1, verse 18, Joseph's story. And look how they, look how they intersect. It's messy. Mary wouldn't have wrote it that way. Joseph wouldn't have wrote it that way. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while Mary was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, now don't miss this next part. Joseph, you know, the guy she was engaged to, he was a righteous man. He did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. He's getting out. As eloquently as Mary put it, as convincing as she was that an angel came and talked, he's out. 
He, he's done with it. It's so funny, my, my study Bible, you know, I, I love study Bibles. That's what I recommend for anybody. It's the Bible, and then they kind of break it down for you. This, my study Bible is funny because it says, and I quote, it's possible that some people thought Mary had been unfaithful to Joseph. No, I don't. What? They didn't just buy, you know, <laughs> I just laugh when I hear that. You know, I, I bet it was possible. I bet Joseph, you guys, you know the first place we're going. Who is it? Who are they? I bet Joseph's like, it was Bob, wasn't it? It was Bob. I saw it. You, I saw you looking at his Facebook profile. I should have known something was up. <laughs> Joseph, <laughs> he isn't buying it. And, and, and so now the angel's got some work to do with him. Because he's considering, how do I dump her? Do I text her? Oh, that could be bad. Should I just send a note? I mean, do I just send it you know, on a carrier, carrier pigeon? I don't know how to dump Mary. And as he considered this, in verse 20, the angel. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream for him. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, it's true what she said. She will have a son. You're to name him Jesus. For he will save the world. He will save his people from their sin. All of this occurred to fulfill a prophecy. The word of God is insanely crazy. The prophecies that are, have been fulfilled... Thousands have been fulfilled. There's probably 500 that will be fulfilled yet. It's nuts. One of them is, some are messianic prophecies about the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the anointed one, Jesus. And what, what, what uh, who's it, Matthew? What Matthew writes down here, Matthew's quoting from an Old Testament scripture in Isaiah. Something that the prophet Isaiah wrote 700 years before this day. Before this time, think how crazy this is. This is what he said. Look, a virgin, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. If you've ever wondered why we sing like, oh, come Emmanuel, and we talk about Emmanuel during Christmas, that's Jesus. That's who we're talking about. Because that word literally means that's because Jesus came to live with us in human form. That's what that's about. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took Mary to be his wife. Uh, extraordinary acts from God often start with ordinary obedience from us. Extraordinary acts. <laughs> the Savior of the world is born because two teenagers believed the word of God and said yes. I mean, you have no idea what God will set into motion through one simple act of obedience. No idea. Do I take the job? Do I don't take the job? Do I take the job? Do I not take the job? Well, after prayer and discernment, Jody and I decided I would take this job. I'm thinking, okay, I'll be overseeing a kids' ministry. Never am I thinking, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a pastor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be called into the pastoral ministry. I mean, my friends would tell you I'm, I'd be called into the penitentiary, not the ministry. I mean, it's, no one saw that coming, but you just don't know. I think if you knew how, how, how big you were, how big you are in the story of what Jesus wants to do in and through you, man, number one, it would freak you out, but number two, I think it would, two teenagers 
and neither one of them were anything special. It doesn't say anything about them beforehand, like, oh, they were, I mean, Mary, you're favored by God. Here's what's going down, and Mary's like, wow. You don't have to completely get it to do it. So many people think they have to completely get it. No. What's God asking you to do? In what area of your life is God asking you to, to believe or do something? What area is God asking you to trust him? As we contemplate and pray on that, I want to circle back to the virgin birth for a second. I want you to understand how critically crucial that is to your faith if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. It's so important. I wrote it down this way. Without a virgin birth, listen to this, the miracles of Jesus would be useless. The series wouldn't be needed. It wouldn't exist. The church wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be doing this. The cross wouldn't matter. And the resurrection would be impossible. That's how big a virgin birth is. A virgin birth solidifies the truth of this, that Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man. No other religion or belief system is going to be saying what I'm saying to you. Ours is backed up by the word of God that's had like thousands of prophecies that have been fulfilled. And like I said, probably 500 more will be fulfilled. I promise you, it will happen. I wrote it down. What did I say? Jesus gets his physical body received from Mary, but his eternal holy nature from God. And Joseph, could, Joseph couldn't be in the equation because we can't have Joseph pass on his sinfulness and have that go into Jesus. That's why Joseph, Joseph, that's why you're not the dad. I'm sorry. And if you want to debate that, you just got to go watch Jerry Springer episode 334 and you'll see. We opened the envelope. It wasn't your way. It said Yahweh. So I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. You're not the guy. We love you, Joseph. You're a great guy. You're going to help, you're going to help teach Jesus how to make tables and raise him. But you're not the dad. So, oh, side note. The word of God is so awesome. Sometimes I, I'm lazy reading the word of God and I'll skip stuff. I'm just being honest with you. Like, I'll skip Matthew 1, like, pre-story of Jesus and Joseph. Like, verses 1 through 15, I'm like, boring because it's like he begat him and th this is the father of so-and-so and I can't pronounce half these names and blah 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 but what's cool about the genealogy in Matthew 1 it shows you right there that Joseph is not his dad like I'll, I'll just give you two verses to give you I mean I could go through the whole thing but you might get mad at me so Matthew 1 15 this is just a few verses before we started Matthew Eliud was the father of Eliezer Eliezer was the father of Mathan Mathan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph. Joseph was the father of Jesus. Oh, wait. That's not what it said there. The whole chain gets broken right there when we get to Joseph. What does it say? Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who's called the Messiah. Even in the genealogy that is written, you can see that Joseph isn't Jesus is real dad. Because Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin, he is without original sin that flows from Adam and Eve. We are not. Every human being, with the exception of Jesus Christ, was born with original sin. 
And we can blame Adam and Eve all you want. If they just want to sin in the garden, and I always tell people, well, then just stop sinning. Break the chain. Just because you can, it can start with you. You start the whole new thing. Sinless people start here. And no one's ever been able to pull it off. Um, the sinless nature is crucial to the story. I'll, I'll say it more personal. Jesus' sinless nature is crucial to your story. It is crucial. Like, you have no hope without it. None. I don't want to get too, like, in the weeds on Old Testament and New Testament, but I'll tell you this, but it's not even that. It's the story of God. The Bible says that the wages for our mess-ups is death. Like, that's why death exists. Adam and Eve screwed up, ate the fruit, and all of a sudden, they died. And not because of that, we die. And then others we know die. In the, in the old covenant, um, God would, a, a priest would go in and atone for the sins for a year. Every year he'd go in and he would, they'd, have to, they'd have to kill something because the wages for sin is what? Mm -hmm. So something has to die. So God said, you know what, just bring your best. I'm not going to make you kill people. We're just going to say, you know what, you bring your best sheep. In fact, Exodus says, listen to this. Where is it? Your lamb shall be without blemish. So God says, I need your best. You'll bring your best. Don't bring the lamb that's, you know, all broke down, crooked tail, you know, all scurvy. Bring the best. Because it requires a perfect sacrifice, as perfect as we can make it, you know, for our sheep or our goats or whatever we're sacrificing. So they would, they would kill the animal, and then they would sprinkle the blood on the atonement seat, on the Ark of the Covenant, and it would cover the sins of the people. That's what, was, that's what they had to do until Jesus came. See, Jesus is the perfect lamb of God. If Jesus were a sinner in any sense of the word, he couldn't provide that perfect sacrifice for you and for me. This is how crucial a virgin birth is, that Jesus doesn't have that sin in him. God, that's good news for you. So let's close this out and put a bow on it for Christmas. Paul was one of the greatest church planters in the New Testament. He met Christ face to face, was transformed by him, started planting churches. Is the church the building? No. Is the church the temple? No. The church is you. Started, started, started groups of people, starting other groups of people, preaching the word of God, loving, having mercy, praying over each other. You know what churches should be doing. Paul's writing to Galatians, and look what he says. This is about what we're talking about today. Paul's writing, and he says... When the right time came, when God saw it was the right time, in other words, when you were dead in your sin, God sent his son, born of a woman. Don't miss that. God sends Jesus, but Jesus is born of Mary. How can he be both? It's crazy. Jesus has always existed. The Holy Spirit's always existed. The God the Father's always existed. Jesus is just born into the human race into humanity and becomes part of the human equation but he's always been born of a woman subject to the law jesus was subject to sin he was subject to temptation he went through the same a lot of the same crap that we go through he just didn't give in god sent jesus to buy freedom mm. last week i shared with you that you were bought with a price there it is Oh, he paid a lot for you. What does he think about you? He must think you're valuable, special. God sent him to buy freedom for us 
who were slaves. Slaves to the law. When I realized that my drug addiction was slavery, it, it was. Slavery is, is, I mean, slavery is doing stuff you don't want to do. That's slave. Hey, crack the whip. Do this. Do that. That's a slave. It's not just drug addiction. You know slavery. I bet you do. We're slaves so that God could then adopt us as his children. Because of that sin that you and I have in us, we're, we're apart from God automatically. God has to adopt us like a foster kid into his family. When that happens, whew, that's salvation. You're saved. God with us. Emmanuel, I love that. God sent his son, not just to declare his love from heaven, but to show his love on earth. God with I want to encourage somebody. God is with you right now. I don't know what you're, where you clicked in from or where you're listening from or you're on a treadmill or on a bike or this is years from now, but I'm telling you, if you feel alone, you're not. There's people that will think, and I've thought this a lot of my life, God wants nothing to do with me. Loser like me, liar like me, drug addict like me, manipulator like me. And maybe you've thought the same thing. I'm too disgusting. God would not, nothing to do with me. I'm too filthy. I'm too, I'm too this, I'm too that. God, God has left me and he ain't coming back. And I'm telling you, that's a lie. God, Emmanuel, God with us. When you feel alone, God is there. Never base your faith on your feelings, ever. Oh, I just feel it. No, no. It's probably that pizza you ate last night. I don't know. So, God, you're never alone. And when you feel alone, God is with you. And when you feel lost, God will guide you if you let him. And when you feel weak, he will strengthen you. And when you mess up, like, he will forgive you. And get this, when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he will save you, regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've done. That's why he came. Oh, he loves you. God, that you would know his love for you. The cross should show it all to you. The perfect sacrifice that he had to be. She had to be a virgin. It had to be the Holy Spirit as the dad. Because Jesus had to have no sin. God said, I need a perfect sacrifice. Because this will cover sin forever. For all people. And, and Jesus, you're about as perfect as they get. To finish Galatians' little letter, Paul writes, and because we're children of God, God has sent his spirit. Get this. Now it goes from just with us to in us. Send his spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us then to call out, Abba, Father. Now you're no longer a slave. There's people here today, you're in slavery, and you know it. That's why God brought you here. But God's own child. And since you're a child, you're not just a child of God, you're an heir to the throne. This world is not your home. This is your life, that little red tape. It will be gone quicker than you think, I promise you. And this is eternity. This is what you live for. The year in faith offering, that's what you invest in. Lives forever. It's what Jesus invested in, everything, up into his life. 
Christianity is the only religion. Billions of Muslims, millions of you could any Hindus and 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 other beliefs. Christianity is the only religion where our God lives in us. God with us, call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, ask him to forgive you of your disgusting sin and my disgusting sin that we do. God knows it. Ask him to forgive you and make you new and the Holy Spirit goes from with you to in you. Your God lives inside your body. (laughs) You may think, I don't get it. I'd be shocked if you did, honestly. If you understood the whole story you heard today, I would be really shocked. It's why faith is needed. It's why faith is part of the equation. I don't understand bits and pieces of the story. Like, you will never sit me down face-to-face and convince me, Monty, you got clean off of drugs. You went to rehab twice. You deserve. You de- No, what I deserve... Jody deserves a better man. My kids deserve a better father. That's what I would tell you in a second or would have told you in a second. I deserve nothing. Hell is where I belong. Prison is where I should live. That's what I would tell you. So for God to say, you know what? I see, I see it differently now because I don't see you, Monty. I see me. I see the Holy Spirit in you. I can see through you. And what I see is Perfection. Oh, you're a wreck on the outside. Don't get me wrong. But you're so perfect on the inside because I'm so perfect. So I'm going to forego all those stupid things that you think. And when you die, I'll say, enter into the kingdom of glory. You'll never hear me say, that's what I deserve. I deserve heaven. I deserve greatness. I, I deserve hell. And if I can be honest with you, which I hope you want your pastor to be honest, so do you. But God thought otherwise. But God, in his love, when the time was just right, sent Jesus, deployed his son to save you. Yet most people die unsaved. Why? They don't surrender to what I'm telling you. They don't call on the name of Jesus. They don't ask him to forgive them. They don't fall on their knees and say, Holy Spirit, forgive me and enter into me and make me new. Just don't. Thank God you don't have to earn it or you can't be good or have to be good enough because you can't. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the story of Christmas. We don't have to get till Christmas Eve to hear the good news. God saves you right where you're at, filth and all. Because of his son, Jesus. Jesus is the key to salvation. The son of God. You don't have to get it. You just need to receive it. You don't have to get it. You just need to act on it. I'm going to pray for you. But before I do, I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked two times already in the message. I need you to answer it. Not out loud. And maybe not this second. But I do want you to answer it. It's huge. What is God asking you to believe? What is God asking you to do? In what area is God asking you to trust him? See, at Meadows Church, I don't know how you grew up, but we don't just go to church to check it off the list and leave. We truly want change. We truly believe the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And if we lean into it, 
and do what, do what we're commanded, it will change us. And some of you, you're so flipping desperate for change, you can taste it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm in awe of your word and your truth. I'm in awe of how the word never contradicts the word, but it always expounds on it, always confirms it, never contradicts it. The story of Mary and Joseph is a muddy, messy story. Never did they want to go through what they went through. Joseph thinking that he had a a wife-to-be that cheated on him. Mary thinking that everybody's going to kick her out of the town, people are going to talk about her, call her all kinds of names that nobody wants to be called. And there are people, obviously, God, most people never even believe Mary. Joseph did. Well, an angel had to show up and tell him. But you know what Mary had to grow up thinking? Being called names? A liar. Well, we could fill in the blanks. And yet she had to remain faithful to you and your word. Remain faithful to the, the word of God through the angel Gabriel. That, that, that even though it didn't feel right when she got chastised and name called and kicked out of places, you were with her and you were for her. Our, feel, our, our faith isn't based on feelings, it's based on a choice. Today I pray in the name of Jesus that the church, the people, will choose you above all else. Choose you above our wants or our need, or are not our needs. You will fulfill our needs, but more than we ever could. What are you asking us to do today? Who are you asking us to reach out to? Invite, love, forgive. What are you asking in regard to a year in faith offering? What are you asking regarding like serving and dream teams? What are you asking even in my friends and my family or in my heart? God, what do we need to do? What do you want us to believe? What area do you want us to trust you? Because here's what I know. Trusting you, if it was easy, everybody would do it. But few do. But those few, they're the ones that change the world. They're the ones that have your hand on them like none other. They're the ones that you bless beyond bless and use beyond anything we could ever do. And I just believe that there's a room full of people and people watching and listening all over the world that want that. We don't have to completely get it to do it. God, what are you asking us to do or believe today? Speak to us boldly. Speak to us clearly. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church says, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. Like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend or somebody that you know. So many people out there need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring that to them. Finally, if you're in the Omaha area, we would love to have you join us. We would love to meet you. God bless you.